help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Let the peace of Christ, grace to you and peace from God our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, peace be with you. My peace I give to you. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body. Sing to the Lord a new song, for the Lord has done marvelous things. The Lord has remembered the house of Israel with steadfast love and faithfulness. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Praise it to God with the lyre, with trumpets and the sound of the horns. Make a joyful noise before the Lord. Come, let us worship the Lord. In a world torn by strife and war with the litigious nature of our postmodern American society, is it any wonder we find the very idea of loving each other impossible? It's hardly fair of Christ to command it when we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it can't really be done. Why the next thing you know we'll be expected to believe that the dead rise. Come, let us pray. O God of love, you have commanded us to bide in your love. We confess our failure to love you, to love our neighbor, and even our failure to love ourselves. Forgive us. Enable us to see each other and ourselves as your beloved children. Help us abide in and be nourished by your abundant love, so we may bear good fruit in a world starving for love, justice, and mercy. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy Can a mother forget the infant of her breast, walk away from the baby she bore? But even if mothers could forget, I'd never forget you. Never. Look, I've tattooed your names on the backs of my hands. You are mine. Therefore we know that in Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. O God, you have prepared for those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding. Pour into our hearts such love towards you that we, loving you in all things and above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our first lesson comes from the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. And this is the account of the Spirit falling upon the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. Hear now the word of God. 
While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter said, Can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited him to stay for several days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us today from the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 15. And this is the great new commandment that Christ gives us. Hear now the word of God. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are all very conscious of socioeconomic status. Just the other day, I was riding the Rutgers bus back from Douglas campus, and we stopped in front of Rockoff for the traffic light. And there was a street person standing there in clothing that probably had never seen the sight of water hair that was all scribbly and a beard uh, that had probably never been brushed. He was smoking a cigarette in one hand and holding a bottle covered with a brown bag in the other and he was leaning up against the fence of the construction on the corner there of New Street and George. And I heard one student lean over to the other and say, I wonder what class he's in. And it made me realize how much we are conscious of people who are different than we are. We all are, you know. Uh, There are people who are wealthy and upper class, and there are people who are middle class, and then there's low class, and then, of course, there's the poor, and then, of course, there's the street people. 
we all have those categories of how we place people. And that is just as true of the people in the New Testament. They had very, very clear ideas about who should and who should not be privileged enough to hear the word of God. And by God, no Jew was going to give the word of God to a Gentile. Now, a Gentile was anybody who was not circumcised. And if we have to talk about what circumcision is, I'll refer you to Andres. He can give you an education on that after the service. He's the med student. But when Peter's preaching, all of a sudden, Gentiles, who are not supposed to understand anything about God, they're not supposed to be couth about religious stuff. They're not supposed to have any sense of spiritual apropos. And all of a sudden, they start speaking, demonstrating that the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And it says that Peter, as well as all of the circumcised believers, which were the Jewish Christians, are shocked. I can hear it now. My God, the Gentiles have gotten the Holy Spirit. What's this world coming to? They were very earnest in their exclamation. What is the world coming to when even the Gentiles, even the street people, get the share in the Holy Spirit? Peter doesn't quite know how to respond at first, but then very admirably he responds and says, well, can we withhold baptizing these people if they have in fact received the Spirit? And so he orders all of these Gentiles who have received the Holy Spirit to be baptized, and they invite him to stick around for a while. This event is the beginning of what Jesus had been trying to teach the disciples for the past three and a half years. It was something that God tried to teach Israel in the Old Testament, and they never got it. It was what befuddled Jonah and really angered the prophets. And that is that God is not just about the chosen people. In the sense that there is not just one select group of people that God has decided are God's people and outside of God's people are people who don't matter. The whole message that Jesus Christ brings in the New Testament is that everybody is somebody in the kingdom of God. That there is no one who deserves less or more respect. I mean, how many times do we encounter Jesus talking to prostitutes and tax collectors and publicans in the, New, in the New Testament instead of the high priests and the scribes and the politicians. There is a very much of a grassroots nature to this good news that Jesus brings. And it's so grassroots that everybody 
is included. Now, <clears throat> I know there's got to be a part of your brain that's saying, but we're reformed. We believe that God chooses us. And if we're God's people, then we are the chosen ones, and there are people who can't be chosen. Is that really what Jesus says in the Gospel of John? He very clearly says to his disciples and those who are in the circle of his disciples, You did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. You see, the premise of Reformed theology has nothing to do with whether we are or are not chosen. It has nothing to do with saying that somehow or other those Christians who believe the way we do are good Christians and the people who don't are kind of not so good Christians. Or that perhaps those of us who believe in a certain way about Jesus are indeed the, the right kind of Christians and the Christians who are a little bit too conservative or too liberal really aren't. It's not about categories. Not about categories at all. In the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ is bringing, everyone is chosen. Because being chosen, you see, is the very foundation upon which all of us get to choose God. Unless God has chosen us in the first place, none of us would choose God. If God's Spirit had not touched every one of us in a way that enables us to even believe, much less to trust and to live out this faith, there would be no hope. It is the very electing love of God that enables any one of us to choose to live out that love in concrete ways on a daily basis. And Jesus recognizes that. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. To go and bear fruit. What does that look like? My aunt and uncle, when I was a little boy, had a huge apricot tree in their front yard. And during the summer months, we would climb the tree and pick the ripe apricots before they hit the ground. Because the moment they hit the ground and got bruised, they would begin to decay. And there was apricot everything during that summer month. There was apricot jam and jelly. There were apricot cookies and apricot pie and apricot ice cream. And then there was just apricots. But that tree never, ever seemed to want to produce a good, nice, yellow, ripe pear for some reason. I'm not sure why. And we never, ever got a really bright red apple from that tree either. And later in life, when I realized that 
you know, certain trees only give certain kind of fruit, I began to realize that's probably why we never got bananas from that tree as well. The fruit bearing, you see, has everything to do with the uniqueness of who you are. Jesus is not saying that everyone's fruit has to be the same, not everyone's fruit has to look alike, but that each one of us, given the Spirit, will give fruit of that spiritual life in our own unique way. For some of us, it's in what we do. For some of us, it's in what we say. For some of us, it's in what we sing or draw or work our hands with. For some of us, the fruit is simply being who we are in the midst of other people. But the fruitfulness of our lives is uniquely aligned to the specialty of who we are. And everybody is indeed a somebody. And everybody's fruit is important to the salad if you will. Today is Mother's Day. And everyone knows that a mother's love for her child is inscrutable. A mother loves their child no matter whether they're handsome or not, beautiful or not, smart or not, successful or not, well-behaved or not. Every mother knows what it means to love their child unconditionally. And we know that. We all assume that. We all build upon that premise. And unfortunately, we do not spend enough time understanding how God is so much like our mother's. Because we have grown up with the patriarchal language of God our Father. I mean, how would you respond if I began the Lord's Prayer, Our Mother who art in heaven? But one of these days I might. I just might. Why? Because for some reason, the mother's love is a love that we don't tend to question. And that's the kind of love that God intends for us to get. You see, like every mother wanting for her child, God wants us to know that we are special. We're not perfect. We're not always good. But we are unconditionally loved no matter what. If we can believe that, if we can truly accept that and trust that fact, then perhaps we can build a life and a world that looks a lot different than the one we live in today and the one we live today. Let's pray. Pour out your love upon us, Lord. Let it 
drip from our hearts and our minds like the juices of fresh fruit from the sides of our mouths. Let it fill us with joy. Let it fill us with hope. Let it fill us with love for each other so that we can indeed begin to see this thing called the kingdom unfold before our very eyes. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Confession of faith. Together, let us confess our faith, saying, We believe that the missional church proclaims the gospel and is a community where all members are involved in learning to become disciples of Jesus. We believe the Bible is the normative standard of our faith and life while seeking to discern God's specific vocation for the entire community and for each one of its members. We believe the Church best understands itself as different from the world because of its participation in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, its Lord. We believe that we are called to be a community that practices reconciliation, indicated by how we behave toward one another. We believe that we are called to practice hospitality, holding ourselves accountable to one another in love. We believe that our vital public witness is the fruit of worship, our central act of celebrating God's presence and God's promised future with joy and thanksgiving. And we believe that as we seek to do these things, we recognize that the Church is itself an incomplete expression of the reign of God. And so we continually seek renewal and recommitment to God's sovereign purposes in our world through the power and presence of God's indwelling Holy Spirit. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to offer thanks and praise. God of all mercies, we give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all people. Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory 
now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Please join me in your bulletin as we celebrate Mother's Day today using a litany taken from the writings of St. Anselm. Jesus, like a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us, and with pure milk you feed us. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Jesus, by your dying we are born to new life, and by your anguish and labor we come forth in joy. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness, we find comfort in fear. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. Gather your little ones to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Gather us to you, O God, as a hen gathers her brood to protect them. Amen. We move to our labor of worship, our service of worship, which is the prayers of God's people. There are several things we need to do this morning. I don't know how many of you know this, but this past evening, uh, our young people stayed overnight. They slept in the building. It was their goodbye time with Jordan. And um, when I walked in this morning and asked Lamar how it went, he said, we didn't sleep. And the fruit of that not sleeping is something that uh, I've asked Jordan to share with you. In the evening hours, into the wee hours of the morning, our young people did not get high, did not get drunk, did not go out and rabble-rouse, did not vandalize, but they redid the work of Moses on Sinai. They rewrote the Ten Commandments in terms that someone today would get. Jordan, would you share the product of that for us, please? We have great, great kids. We really do. Um, The other thing we'd like to do today, um, we had a naming contest for the thrift shop. And overwhelmingly, almost three to one, uh, the name of Holy Shirt 
was approved. Uh, it even went to the consistory for consideration and approval. And that name was suggested by Leonora. Leonora has been with us now for how many years, honey? It seems like you've been here from birth, but I know that's not true. It's three or four years, right? And she's asked the, to uh, also have some comments today uh, for her last time with us. But I'd like her to come forward and get her gift certificate for the name and uh, give her an opportunity to share with us. Would you like the microphone, Leonora? Okay. Thank you very much, honey. Thank you, Russell. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's kind. What is on our hearts? What are the things that we need to pray for? The names and the people and the concerns. I want to give you opportunity to share them aloud, and then I will respond, Lord, in your mercy, and we will all say here our prayer. Prayer concerns. Tom. Uncle Richard, uh, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yes, Annie. Okay, thank you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yes, Ellie. Okay, Ruth, who is fighting cancer, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yes, Jeff. For you and for your family, who probably remembers that as well. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yes, Jackie. Okay. Okay, for Evelyn, uh, who suffered an accident in which someone died, and she's struggling with responsibility for that. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Yes. For Leonora's grandmother, who's in the hospital and will miss her graduation today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Uh, several of you were pointing to my eyes earlier. I have 20-20 vision in both eyes. Um, this eye is still inflamed, and so I have difficulty with peripheral vision yet. Uh, but as soon as it becomes as good as the left eye, I'll be able to check out all the pretty women in church. No problem. <laughs> Doctor guaranteed it. Helen, did you have a prayer request? No, I'm just saying very good. Oh, very good. Okay. Because you want to make sure I can check out how pretty you looked on Sunday morning, right? Yes. Yes, we are. Thank you, Helen. Uh, for those young people who have shared their lives with us, especially we think of you two, Leonora and Jordan, uh, been a very important part of who we are. Nick, for your contribution to our congregation as well. Uh, for all the folks who are graduating today, I think it's important for us to be mindful of there are students who are not here now who have been here regularly on Sundays uh, because they're involved in, in commencement today. But 
for all of us, uh, from all of us to you. Thank you for being who you are. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I'd like us to pray for uh, Kevin and Stacy as they start out their married life. Um, they're a great couple. I enjoyed working with them. I enjoyed marrying them yesterday. I enjoyed celebrating with them last night. Uh, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I don't like especially to do this, but I think I, uh, I think I better and say that uh, I would just like you to pray for me today because this is a very difficult day for me. Uh, some of you who know my story understand why, but it's a very difficult day. Um, I'm trying to get through this, so the Lord in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray together as Jesus taught us, boldly saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. There are announcements in your bulletin. Uh, please uh, make some notes of changes in the calendar. Um, on the 10th of June, the Welcome Home House will have an open house. The men have moved in as of Tuesday of this week. So the five of them now are in their permanent housing. Um, they have called me twice already to deal with issues. Um, but they are seemingly getting along well and um, I think are going to be very happy there. Um, the, um, the other thing I wanted to point out is the change in confirmation dates. Because of the conflictive events of the 27th of May, we're going to put off confirmation until October, in September, October, uh, to alleviate some of the stress on our ladies for that day. Uh, so everyone that's involved in the program has been notified, but... Uh, we want to uh, make sure the congregation knows that that's been put off until the fall. Are there any other announcements that did not make the bulletin that need to be shared? Martha? In the country? Yeah. Uh, they have guests at the home who come in with estates and then they live to such old age that their estates are depleted and there's no money left. Instead of putting those people out on the street at their age, uh, the decision was the board of the home to continue to support them by offerings and contributions from individuals and congregations and keep them in the home until they return to God. So 